Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. And we just wanted to come on tonight and have a conversation live with everybody about what in the world is going on in the world right now. So um, clearly there's a lot of stuff happening. It's escalated really significantly, I would say, over the last 24 hours. We've gone from collectively all kind of like sharing memes and making fun of this thing to this maybe being something that is causing some uncertainty in people. So, um, you know, we thought that we should come on and address it head on, talk about the issues that are affecting the market and talk about as real estate agents, what we can do to prepare for a shift because um, whether or not you think this, this coronavirus is a real thing, a shift was coming um, probably more of a balancing than a total halt in the market, but a shift was coming um, regardless. And those of us who study the market and have been through shifts before have been quietly talking about that and preparing it for a while. But um, there's a lot of people out there that have never been through a shift and are starting to get scared. So we just want to talk about um, what's happening and how we can hit it head on. So. Um, we're going to have Tom chat with us about what's happening in the market, but um, you guys feel free to post questions and we'll go through them as, as they come up. So, Tom, can you just talk to us about what is happening really in the world right now? No par panic propaganda, just real talk. Yeah, sure. No problem. And thank you for letting me be an honorary uh, homegirl tonight. I appreciate it. I will tell you that it has been crazy. It has been uh, roller coaster is not even the right word or the right way to describe it. Um, up to you know last week, you know as coronavirus was happening, but not really here yet. On Sunday night, you saw kind of the futures for the ten-year treasury. So mortgage rates usually follow the ten-year treasury. So you could see that it was, it was not only was it down less than 1%, it was less than a half a percent. So first time it's never been like that before. So you woke up Monday morning and I mean, this was, so last week we're quoting, you know, rates were three and a quarter, something like that. Woke up Monday morning, 3%. I had some I liked under 3%. So what that does to you and to your, you know, really your buyers, that's a huge, huge jump in buying power. So what, happened was all of a sudden everyone goes and races to refinance and next thing you know uh, we start seeing these rates uh, rate increase we get by Monday night almost already gone um, Tuesday was there it got worse it got worse again and you can see and as usually what's you know when the stock market goes down like it's been going down like crazy usually rates follow Right now, it's so bad that there's a separation of the 10-year treasury and mortgage-backed securities. So you have a couple of things happening right now. You have the lenders are literally increasing rates to slow down the volume. No lender in the world can keep up with the – they can't hire for the coronavirus. They can't hire for 
the oil shortage and, you know, all this other stuff going on right now, unexpected combined at once. So today, I know this is a timely thing, but it's almost a full 1% higher. We're talking, um, what are we, 72 hours later or something? You know, there's a couple things that play into this as far as on the lender side. You have what's called an EPO. So it's early payoff, right? So an investor, when they when they take a mortgage, you know, they sell the mortgage. So now an investor buys it and they're kind of expecting a certain amount of time that they're gonna that investment's gonna pay. Well, what's been happening lately is you got the you know person that just did a loan two months ago going, Oh my gosh, rates are so much lower. I'm gonna pay that off now. Um, so that's really, you know, hitting everyone. Also, if you remember, and I hate to even you know, use this, but 2008, when what happened partly there was uh, 2007, really, when the mortgage meltdown, you kept hearing liquidity, liquidity, and the warehouse lines. Right now, quickly, what's happening is these lenders are saying, oh, gosh, we have all these loans on our book. They have to fund them. You know, they have to be able to fund them. They're saying, we really want purchases. Purchases aren't an early payoff. They're not, they don't have the same threat as the refinance. So they're doing some really, you'll see starting next week, um, some really, really aggressive pricing incentive for purchases, which is fantastic for your clients because now is the time you kind of want to look and say, gosh, what did the market do today? What did my house do today? What does real estate do today? Nowhere near what the market did. So if I'm an investor and I have this cash sitting on the side, now is the time to start looking at, okay, gosh, I can, uh, I can be looking at investment property. Last week before it went crazy, my investment rates were under 4%. Um, that is, yeah, real estate right now, what you're going to see really quickly because of the rates. Um, some people, you know, let's be honest, some people are going to lose jobs. Some people are going to have to sell. You're going to build some deals that weren't there yesterday. They weren't there last week. Hey, Tom, so, I have a question for you. So I want to make sure that people understand that the way that they're trying to slow down the market on and maybe level it out a little bit more is by raising the rate on only the um, refis. And yeah, they will be lowering the rates on purchases. You'll see some very aggressive purchase incentives, um, which is great. Like I said, for, for all of your clients, honestly, right now, what I'm telling my clients, you know, I get a lot of clients like, Hey, I hear rates are low and they're just a little, they don't get this part of it. They're not that up to it. So yeah, rates were low. They're still low, you know, obviously historically. What I'm telling them, hey, let's get everything ready. Um, and when it goes back down to normal, which it will, you know, economically, it's rates should not be where that right now. So when that happens, let's just have you ready and we can lock it. You know, let's have it pull the trigger then. It's going to be better. It's going to get more normal. Right now, we have a lot of panic. You can see from the markets. You can see from everything else going on. It's fear. And that's what it really is right now. But what I'm hearing from you is don't panic. This is Don't a good time to go out in the market. This is a good time to articulate out to your buyers that we're still, rates are low. Inventory is normal for spring market here in the Denver area. Go out and buy a house. It's okay. And you have right. more power than you would have a week ago. And you'll probably yep. have more power next week. Correct. Correct. So Angie, who's um, listening, hi, Angie. Um, she would like to know if you could explain what you meant by incentives, how um, we will see rates be 
lowered or how things might change to incentivize buyers to buy. So most of the people that are listening are going to be real estate agents. So they'd probably love you to dig into what would cause the rates to fall further and how that might happen and what that might look like. Yeah. So incentives, like literally pricing incentives. Uh, so my guess at this point is um, where you're back to literally the same loan amount, same credit score, same everything, but a half a percent lower on a purchase versus a refinance. Got it. So, and is that um, to, uh, that's, that's purely just to incentivize people to buy. I want to back up for a quick second and make sure that people heard you say that there was such a rush to get refinanced. Um, we heard earlier today, somebody say that refis last week were up 79%. Yep. So um, what you're saying is that they're trying to incentivize people to go out and purchase, not just to refinance the loan that they're already in, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, because what's happening is what I was talking about earlier with the early payoffs is literally, I mean, there was, you could take a loan you did two months ago and that rate could have been very good at that time. And you could almost look back and go, oh my gosh, it's it's lower. Let's And that's what's happening. I'm getting a lot of calls saying, hey, you know what? We just did this. Would it make sense right now for me to look at refinancing? That's the last thing the lenders want. Um, they don't want to pay off their loans that fast. You know, when they're selling the investor, like, hey, you're going to get about a four-year return on average on this money. And all of a sudden, they're getting less than four months. You know, some of these haven't made a first payment and they're looking to refinance. That's how quickly rates dropped. So they're trying to say, hey, we need to prioritize. We need to incentivize on purchases, not on the refinances. Let's say from Monday morning, it's literally 1% higher on the rate. Wow. And you can see what's happening in the market. It doesn't make sense, but they can't keep up with the volume. You have you have major. So I'm a mortgage broker. So I I have several different lenders that I could choose from. But some of the major like banks that I wouldn't like, I don't, you know, like Bank of America, they said, nope, we are not taking any more refinance applications. So Angie, that's watching along with us, um, said that her client was quoted last Friday. So six days ago, 2.875 and yep. today was 3.5. So yep. um, that's significant. So guys, agents, what I'm what I'm going to say right now is um, when a shift happens, Things are very volatile and it's a roller coaster it goes up and down and things happen really quickly. So you need to be following market conditions very closely because if you're not, you're putting the wrong message out there. So if this week you watched all of your agent friends last week posting about how now is the best time in the world to refinance and everybody should call you for a refinance. That was last week. This week, we're not saying that. So in a shift, things happen that fast. And that's why it's important to be educated on this because you don't want to be the realtor that missed it. I mean, literally by six days and is out there telling everybody that they should refinance. And we are joined. We've got a special guest yay, by Ashton Brooks with uh, Fairway Independent Mortgage, who is a homeboy. He's a homie. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most of us at this point. <laughs> what I'm seeing on my side, um, let's go back two weeks. So coronavirus hits, different levels of risk um, from the stock market perspective start getting priced in. We start to see the stock market drop. 
Federal Reserve announced that half point rate cut that everybody heard about that really spurred everybody to want to like refinance all at once. Um, when you heard rates going down below three and a quarter, VA, FHA, that stuff's getting down to, you know, 275. I mean, we're getting low, like really low. I think what we're going to wind up seeing because of oil prices being down on top of coronavirus, uh, if you guys haven't really kept up with current events, oil is tanking, which is really bad for us. Uh, OPEC and, and Russia got kind of in a pissing match and decided to drive the oil prices down to OPEC was threatening $20 a barrel, which would, for all intensive purposes, shut us down in the U.S. I've got family down in Texas. Uh, it was trading at, I think, like $31 a barrel last I checked. And they were really anxious and really nervous. Like, man, if this drops any further, we're going to go from a booming city to like a grinding halt with homeless people on the side of the highway all over the place. So, I mean, it's to a degree, I mean, it's, there's a lot of economic factors outside of coronavirus that's causing a lot of frenzy in, in our side of the industry on the mortgage side. Um, but with that being said, for these people that missed out on refinancing, I don't think I personally, right. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't think you guys missed the boat quite yet. I think mortgage companies will catch up. I think with, with us seeing, cause every, all of our reports economically come out after everything's happened, right? We always look back at last quarter. How did we do? How were the jobless claims? How were unemployment numbers? All that kind of stuff. Um, we, we don't know the economic impact yet. We're living it, but we don't see it yet. And then the market will react when we see that information. So it's, it's going to be a couple months long. And I think that once the industry catches up, rates will probably actually see go back down. And I think we'll have another opportunity for people to capitalize on what's going on. So Ashton, something that I've seen um, literally in the last two days, like this, before two days ago, Colorado Springs, which is a crazy booming market, uh, um, was multiple offers, well over asking, you know, making up appraisal gap, all of that. Yeah. Literally today, <laughs> um, I have somebody that's going to come in and asking price and get the house. Yeah. So that's yeah. partially because there's some panic going on. It's mm -hmm. partially because there's less buyers in the market because realtors are afraid to show houses. Buyers yeah. are afraid to look at houses. Sellers are afraid to show their houses and have people going in and out of them. Uh, so there's some weird stuff going on. So for me as an agent, um, it's a great time for me to show my buyer's houses and see if we can get a better deal. Um, yeah. Obviously be cautious, um, but it might be a great opportunity for you to, to capitalize on it and save yourself 15, maybe $20,000 um, because that's yeah. kind of where, where my one scenario from today is, is headed. I mean, he's literally going to save 20 grand today you know, the stock market is reacting to it like crazy. Ashton, can you talk about that at all? What that part of the world is doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so twice this week, we've had trading, or twice in the last couple of days, I guess I should say, we've had trading cease on the stock exchange. Um, that's happened one other time, and that was at the beginning of the Great Depression during the major sell-off. Um, we were, for all intensive purposes, we were in like a flash. I mean, so if you look at the stock market and the Dow, I mean, it trended upward hard right before this. 
Um, so I, I think to a degree, a portion of it would be, uh, I wouldn't say a healthy correction, but it's like the market had that built in, like it had the ability to, to absorb it, right? Um, outside of that though, I mean, it's been a, it's been a sell-off. I mean, there's, there's people that have money, like cash set aside. I mean, I've got certain guys that are refinancing their house right now and they texted me this morning and was like, hey, is it okay if I take 30,000 of my $40,000 in savings and buy as many stocks as I possibly can? I'm like, yeah, go for it. But I mean, for the most part, the Dow, I think actually, uh, I'm looking at it on my phone, I think it, they actually recovered a little bit just now. Um, because once again, Fed announced five, it looks like 500, he said 500 billion in stimulus for this. Um, that was just announced. So, I mean, the market is just along for the ride at this point, which I think a lot of people don't understand how the market actually works. It's a lot, a lot of the market nowadays is actually algorithms and computers that process information while the market is closed. It processes what's happening in, in, you know, your European stock exchanges, your Chinese stock exchanges in Russia, and it's looking at what their markets are doing. So then when we have market opens, these algorithms are told to sell, 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 or what have you. So um, during, I think it was like the, the dot-com bubble, uh, they went back and instituted like fail-safes essentially in these algorithms that said, you can't just sell the bottom out of the market. Like it'll, it'll stop. Um, trading and they so long story short we've never seen a sell-off like this while we've been alive um, when you said sorry a, a second ago did you say Great Depression meaning yeah, like 44 yeah. Wow. yeah yeah that was the last time we actually ceased trading like in the middle of trading day and the way that it works is so if you if the market drops um, I cannot remember for the life of me what the percentage is, but if it drops a certain percentage in a certain amount of time, then they cease trading for 15 minutes. And then if the market drops to another benchmark, then they'll cease trading again for like another 15 minutes. And then if it drops even more then they cease trading for the entire day. So there's actually safeguards built into our stock exchange to where like if it hemorrhages hard enough, they'll literally shut it off. Like they just won't allow people to buy or sell period. Your money's just frozen. So it's all foreign territory. I mean, it's all stuff that we never really had to deal with before. So my husband works for the railroad and one of the areas that we start to see a shift happening mm -hmm. long before we feel a palpable change in the market, the railroad over the course of the last 18 to 24 months has been doing drastic cutbacks, drastic uh, job, like they are um, furloughing workers left and right. So I have seen this coming, I mean, not to use the term like a train, watching a train wreck, but I mean, really that's what we've been watching. We've been personally impacted by it and we've known this was coming. Obviously, I didn't think it was going to take shape in the form of a virus but the market was on its way here anyway. And I think that that's something that we also need to have a conversation about. There was no way the market was going to sustain the way that it's been. Yeah. Been preparing and pivoting for a shift a long time ago based on market conditions. You know anything about anything. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been expected. It's It's been, I shouldn't even say expected. I guess I should say anticipated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've I had a good run. Yeah. Do you know how, like, I mean, I'm sure it's impossible to put a, a percentage or a number on it, but like, if you could guess how many typical buyers lean heavily on stock investments, 401ks, things like that, to be able to purchase real estate could this really hurt a lot of people because many of them use that for their purchases um, honestly i don't see a whole lot of it i see it with high like more highly educated individuals honestly the people that i've seen like pull out from stocks and things like that are people that are one in the beginning parts of their career um, so like first two or three years of being a doctor that kind of stuff uh, so those guys, yeah, I could see it hitting them pretty hard. Um, if they haven't pulled their money out already, you know, but I think a lot of people, it, it may cause, you know, some people to have to wait. Most people, they, from what I've seen, they get it either, like if they're first time home buyers, it's going to be an inheritance down payment assistance. Uh, or they just save like just cash. I mean, they don't put a lot of, a lot of people really, if they're trying to save for something like a home, I don't see a lot of them put it in stocks um, unless they have stocks sitting there and they'll just pull funds out. Mm -hmm. But that's not like an investment vehicle that I see a lot of them use. Um, yeah, for what it's worth. I guess to recap, um, it's still a good time to buy. And actually what's going to happen is that they're going to incentivize buyers to buy. So um, it sounds like next week that might start trickling down the pike a little bit that you might start to see some really great rates happen for buyers that are out there looking. So um, start to watch for that. Another thing that I would like to stress is that we need to um, be on our lenders right now. So if you don't have a lender partner that you trust and love, now would be the time to find one um, because of two reasons. Number one, you need to have them keep you informed and knowledgeable about what's happening in the market. And number two, guys, um, if refinances are up 79% and they literally can't staff enough help to get these pushed through, things may start falling through the cracks. So with your buyers and with your listings, now would be the time to make sure that you're checking in more frequently than usual to make sure that your deals stay together. Okay. Um, Tom. Hey, Lindsay, I have a question for you. Yeah. So do you guys all remember a couple of years back when um, we started to see like the state give like a bond or something, some kind of incentive from your state or the federal government, um, some reason for you to go out and buy a house right now, right? Yes. So do you think it's likely that that might happen? There might be a little extra incentive from the government to force more purchases and less revise? I do. I mean, I'm certainly not an economist or a lender, but yeah, historically speaking, things like that have always happened. Um, so one of the reasons that interest rates get lower when bad things happen in the world is that that's the lever that we have to pull to stimulate the economy. So that's what the government is already doing by reducing interest rates. And yeah, I don't think that it would be out of line at all to see them start um, giving like a stimulus package of some type to get people interested in buying. 
Um, all right, I wanna jump into the agent side of things, um, which is the reason we're all here. So yes. guys, it has been like, um, I've been in the business 19 years. It's been the weirdest market I've ever seen. We've gone from like last week, everybody making fun of this thing by posting like pictures of their toilet paper rolls and saying, free pack of toilet paper with your home purchase to, you know, agents like putting on hazmat suits and holding up their business cards for advertising um, to some, some pretty just unprecedented weird stuff coming out. Um, just today in Colorado, the school district in Colorado Springs just did a rolling closure on the entire district. They're not, uh, kids are not coming back to school after spring break. So, and since we've been on day in Colorado Springs, say that again, down. Angela, every district in Colorado Springs shut down right now. Um, since we've been on Denver schools are now shut down as our Cherry Creek schools. And there should be an expectation coming that the rest of us are on the way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, to reiterate, um, you know, a shift was coming before this. So hopefully you were starting to do the work on getting ready for that. But um, this is this is turning into a, a real economic situation that we have to talk about. So it's not enough to just share funny memes anymore. And it's not enough to just sit here and talk about how it doesn't mean anything because like it or not, um, it does mean something. Ashton, who's watching, was telling us earlier today that the stock market completely stopped trading twice in the last week um, because of stock checks that they have in place to keep the entire country from offloading everything all at once. And that has not happened historically since the Great Depression in the 1940s. So uh, whether or not you're building a bunker and stocking up on toilet paper, this is something real we have to talk about. So um, I'd love for us to dive into best practices to shift proof your business. Um, you need to do this now. And I can't stress that enough. If you wait, as you've seen, the market is so volatile and things are changing so quickly, you will be behind the ball very quickly. Um, in, in Denver metro area, we had approximately 30,000 licensed agents before we went into the recession. And then we came out of the recession with 3,000 licensed agents and we're back up to almost 30,000 agents again. So um, it's a twofold thing. A lot of agents, if they're not prepared, will leave the business and the agents that are here and prepared will wipe the floor with everybody else if you're ready because a down market means opportunity. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just mean panic, but what you need to do is start working on this right now. Best case scenario, absolutely nothing happens and this thing fizzles out in two weeks and you've learned some new tools to put in your arsenal. Yeah, and you have a great system in place already to go that you can plug and play immediately. So just do it now anyway. Yeah, this is I, like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. This is like for all the new agents that are now getting into the market or have been in it for less than three years. This is like fast track. This is what happens in a shift and it's going to happen like that. Whereas the crash kind of like went into it, it eased. This is like you're learning and you're going to learn quick. Sink this or swim. Show. This is going to show who's going to be able to keep it up and not keep it up. Yeah. Who's going to be here next year? Who's not? Yep. 
Yeah, actually, Kristen, I'd love if you just take like 30 seconds and talk about how you were feeling like even 24 or 48 hours ago, because out of the four of us, Kristen's been the one that was like, uh, this is bullshit. Nothing is going to yeah. happen. And now she is preaching shift too. So talk to us about that. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm still on the bullshit train. Not going to lie. But I'm a professional. This is my livelihood. This is my bread and butter. So I do have to sit back and I have to humble myself and I have to say, okay, this is happening. Even though I kind of do feel that this is a little bit of a, a blindfold over our eyes or so whatever you want to say, I do have to sit back and say, okay, what do I have to do right now at this second to get me business for the next three to four months to know that my family's going to be okay. So regardless of if I feel it's bullshit or not, this is my career. This is my bread and butter. I have to fight to figure out how to put food on my table. So what are you doing differently? What does that look like right now on a daily so, basis? Honestly, it, I'm not doing anything differently. You still got to pick up the phone and you still got to call your clients. You still have to call those expired. You still have to call those sell by owners. You still got to call your clients and say, hey guys, do you know anybody who wants to buy or sell a house? My conversation may be a little bit different now. It may be, hey, you know, a couple of months ago, you said that you wanted to sell your house, but now we're starting to get into this. And I know that you got to move and I know you're getting a job change. You think maybe we should put your house on the market now? Conversations are going to be different, but my actions are not going to be different. I'm still picking up the phone. I'm still messaging people. I'm still doing my job. Conversations are just going to be different. Yeah, I think one of our jobs as realtors is to educate our clients first. Right. And they're scared right now. They don't know what to do. And so that's why we all need to step in and help educate them. And we have to educate ourselves first before we do that. Right. So um, Justin Nelson. Hi, Justin. Justin's our homie. Hi. Um, so Justin wants to know, how do we handle the mental side of listings sitting longer most likely I've only ever been in a market where if a home sits more than 90 days, it's a disaster with our sellers. So um, I was talking to the girls about this earlier. This part of the shift is the worst. It is the most painful thing in the world for you to go through. You just have to get through it and you just have to survive when the market is fully shifted. It becomes much easier because the messaging is all the same. The news is reporting the same market conditions. Buyers and sellers are aware of the market conditions. Right now, where other people aren't ready for the shift, this is where it gets the most difficult. And it even gets more difficult when you're talking to other real estate agents, if you're talking to somebody that isn't as skilled or knowledgeable, because they're going to fight you more on things like offer prices, getting deals accepted, and getting repairs done so that you can get a property to closing because they still think that nothing has changed. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, Justin, that's a, that's a real thing. Um, proper expectations and more communication would be what I would say. So pick a day every day of the week, call your clients that day, even if nothing is going on, touch base with them, see what's happening, ask if they need anything, ask how everybody's doing over communicate if you think you're sitting here panicking they're sitting there panicking a hundred times worse because we can just go and sell another house they could lose everything their entire skin is in this game so um justin says sellers are going to think it's our fault in the ugly phase um i mean with that it is it's it's just the truth 
I mean, you, you need to set proper expectations. I know the four yeah. of us have all been going through today and calling our clients and telling our clients that there is something happening in the market that may be affecting their days on market and that we aren't trying to panic them, but we do want them to get ready for things to sit longer. And then you need to just be communicating, communicating and communicating. And if you've never worked in a shift, your skin will get tough real fast, guys. Um, I call it agent musical chairs. <laughs> so the first thing that happens in a shifting market that you'll notice is expired listed with a new agent, expired listed with a new agent, because what's happening is sellers are going, my agent sucks. Everybody else is selling because they don't realize what's happening. I'm going to fire my agent. So that's one of the um, things that you'll notice when a shift starts happening. But I mean, really, if we really head towards a true shift in the market, you need to just set proper expectations, communicate and be ready to take some shit for a while because it's tough. Do you guys have anything else to add to that? Can I piggyback on Justin's um, question? I, I believe now more than ever, you're going to start seeing agents that normally would just, let's be honest, take over their cell phone or MLS and it'll sell. That ain't gonna happen anymore. So what happens in this type of a market is it's gonna separate those agents that are okay with that from everybody else that's not. So I can tell you that I'm not gonna change anything. I'm gonna continue to stage every single house and that's so important right now. If your house does not look perfect, it's gonna sit and I can't stress that enough. Like I've been putting stuff in place um, so that all of my sellers are not gonna have that problem. We're going in and flipping some things, fixing a kitchen. Like that's commonplace for me and I do it all the time. So if you get in that habit now, you're not gonna have that issue when the market slows down. But your houses should be professionally photographed every single time. Not just whenever the market is bad. Or yeah, it's like, okay, here's, here's my analogy. You've been married for a real long time and yeah. you've been kicking back and taking it easy. And now you're going to get a divorce and you got to shiny it up, girls. So <laughs> like you better make sure your listing has its hair washed and its teeth brushed and it's looking like a snack because <laughs> there's going to be more inventory and things will sit for longer and it's time to tighten everything up. Yeah, I agree with that. But the good news is the houses that look really awesome are still going to sell quickly. It might take four days instead of uh, four hours. But in the grand scheme of things, there's four days that bad. No, it's not. But you have to set the expectation with your seller of what they're going to be expecting. Because if you set that expectation of three hours and they don't get an offer for four days, now you look like an idiot. That's your fault. I think this is the perfect time to reassess your customer service, your systems when it comes to taking care of your clients and what you're doing to set yourself apart from other agents. That's the beauty of a down market. You get to separate yourself in such a massive way that will bring you business and will continue to propel your business forward. I'd love to hear, Angela, you touched on it. Lindsay, what are you doing to separate yourself a little bit more from the herd right now? Yeah, I mean, one of the things um, that I think we're proposing to sellers right now, and Jess and I have talked about this, is Matterport 3D walking tours so that people can visually see the property and take a walkthrough of the property without having to go see it in person. Um, I think that will be really great for sellers if this quarantine becomes an, a thing that actually has to happen. Um, again, staging customer service. And um, I mean, I would just say getting down in the trenches with your people and sticking with them while they go through the emotions of this, because again, while it's scary for us, 
We have the ability to turn around and sell another property if we do what we're supposed to. These people's equity is in most American households, most American households are one paycheck away from bankruptcy. Their equity is all they have. So we have to sit with them and stay with them while they journey through this emotionally. And picking, piggybacking on what Lindsay just said, when you're making those phone calls, if your ISAs are calling people on a, on a call list, you need to understand that some of these people might have just lost their jobs. They might have lost their livelihood. And for God's sake, have some compassion for these people and come from a place of providing value and helping them through that. That's a terrible, terrible thing. If you've never gone through it. It's the worst thing ever is losing the job that you thought you had forever. So please. It is. I would, I'm going to have to go off of that. Like being, I was, I was in the market when the crash happened. I was, I was an assistant at the time. So I was, I was the front runner of it. Yeah. My, my agent got the listing, but I was behind it. I actually had to make the phone calls and keep the clients up to date and selling and buying a house is super emotional in a good market. And it's even more super emotional in a down market. For the newer agents out there that have never experienced a down market or a shift, it is the most emotional thing anybody can ever go through. It's embarrassing to people. When you when they have to call you up to sell their house because they just lost their job or they have missed five payments on their house and they haven't told anybody and you're the only person that they told, it's embarrassing. It's heart-wrenching to them. It, they don't want to talk to anybody about it, but they're talking to you. So having compassion and having the uh, the voice to speak for them with other people is a must. You got to have emotion in this. Yeah, and piggybacking on what Kristen just said, she comes. She she's awesome at like Arios and short sales, and so is Lindsay. So those two and Jess, I mean all three of them, I freaking hate them. So don't ask me any questions about it. Um, <laughs> but I think right now for agents, that's a really good place for you to learn the process because that could start creeping in and start happening a little bit more when people can't make their payments, we might start seeing kind of a short sale creep again and maybe some foreclosure creep a little bit. So educate yourself there. That's another way you can set yourself apart. Yeah. Jess, do you want to touch on um, the conversations that you had today with your clients really quickly and just tell people how you opened up the conversation to a change possibly coming in the market? So I, I had one seller that canceled today. Um, he is an older gentleman and uh, just didn't want to have people in and out of his house. He's in a age bracket, I think that they're saying is more dangerous. Um, rather than give him all the reasons why that's a bad idea, I said, awesome, I understand. Pulling the house off the market right now. Um, let's have a conversation in seven to 10 days and continue to reevaluate where we're at. Um, he was appreciative that I wasn't trying to push the issue, um, which I think, again, we call it a, I always call it a listening presentation, not a listing presentation. Um, that's what we're doing. We're listening to our clients and we're going with them and walking this journey with them. Right. So then I had a conversation with another one who they have to move. They're relocating due to a job. So the conversation around that was, Hey guys, we talked about coming on the market at this price. I think it's advantageous to nail the price a different way. Now that we're seeing that this is real, that the markets are reacting, buyers are reacting. We ordered 3D Matterport imaging so that I can get that out to my network of real estate agents around the country since we all know that people are reloading Denver constantly. Um, we put safeguards in place as far as um, asking agents to not bring sick people into the property. 
and we put you know hand sanitizer in the property shoe booties in the property we went through and did everything that we could possibly do to make them feel more comfortable because we have to go on the market so the conversation over the weekend will look like you know we had 10 showings we haven't had an offer or maybe we've had two showings and we need to readjust and we might have to come down on price these are real conversations that you have to have they're not fun it's not fun telling somebody that they might lose that on 10 to fifteen thousand dollars in equity these are real conversations and if you continue to set the expectation your clients understand that you're working on their behalf and that you're just interpreting what's going on around them and all you can do is interpret what's happening and the best way to do that is to have conversations with experts i think what most agents do and i i hate to say most but it's the truth. They put the commission check before they do anything else. I, I'm going to be very blunt. They do it. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've probably done it a couple of times too, but most of them put the commission check first and they don't put the client's emotions and the client situation first. And if you put the client first and you put their emotions first and you put their needs first, that commission check will come. And I can't you know, win every time. Exactly. I can't express that enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about practical things that you can start doing today. Right. So mm -hmm. number one um, in any list of things to do during a shift is go back and cut your expenses, trim any fat that you possibly can. So um, we've all been living in lifestyle creep the last uh, five to six years, for sure, probably closer to 10. But, um, you know, we are, we're living high in the hog. We've got clients, our leads are working, you know, our lead generation levers are producing leads. We're living in nice houses. We're driving nice cars. We all probably have a hundred subscriptions to things that we never even touch or use. So um, in a situation where it's not always possible to just generate more income, the first thing that you need to do is go back through and cut expenses. Um, I think the second thing that you need to do is bulletproof every single deal that you have. So go through your book of business and look at where anything might fall apart. Check in with lenders, check in on inspections, check in on appraisals. You guys, the appraisal button might be moving all over the place right now. You might start seeing appraisals come in low. I mean, it could change very quickly. So check in anywhere that you can and shore up anything that you can and even look into your future pipeline of what's coming up. Like Jess said, make sure that listings that are coming on the market, you're nailing the price today on, not the price last week on. And I know that sounds aggressive and crazy, but it's changing. It's changing that fast. Um, and the next Lindsay, thing is- What are some things that you're cutting right now? What are some things that you're trying to run lean on? Yeah, um, so I cut my Zillow advertising. Um, I'm focusing more on my sphere. And I went through, like I, I pulled my bank statements and I went through with a yellow highlighter and I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, we signed up for this phone system, done. We signed up for this advertising thing, done. Um, now is a really good time to focus on lead generation levers that take a percentage of commission at closing versus asking for your overhead up front. Um, so, you know, I'll keep things that like referral based type things that don't require tens of thousands of dollars a month for me right now. Um, but uh, honestly, at this point, I'll trim anything I can. So I cut my office. <clears throat> so I own, I own a brokerage. And instead of us having $5,000 a month 
or $10,000 a month in fees for an office, I cut that and I run it out of my house. So I think that you're going to see a lot of agents getting rid of those desk fees, getting rid of going to an office. Um, you're going to see a lot more of those cloud-based real estate companies becoming more and more and more popular because it's a way to cut those fees. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the next thing you guys, obviously like this should go without saying, but it's the one thing that we all hate lead generation. Um, so lead generation is an agent's number one job. And I don't think I've ever met an agent or a salesperson that likes it yet. If you do, you're like a psychopath and I'm sorry, <laughs> but, um, you have to do it, you guys, and you have to step it up. So if you've been the kind of agent that has been a lead receiver and not a lead generator, you've been sitting here waiting for leads to come into your pipeline over these last couple of years, you need to go out now and make them happen. Um, I would also say to teams in a shift, when a shift starts to happen, rainmakers need to be more careful about making sure that they're generating their own leads. Um, yes, it's great to have support from team members and assistants and um, VAs and all kinds of different things. And I don't think we're to a place where you need to cut that yet, but a rainmaker needs to step back in at this moment right now and making sure they're taking the charge on lead generation and all of their people are following behind. That's really, really important. And to go back to you know what Angela and Kristen said, um, I would try to make a mental shift right now that this is not lead generation, this is helping people. Um, you know, you have people in your sphere who have been sitting on the sidelines unable to purchase a home. Maybe this is time, maybe with rates coming down and before sellers stop putting inventory on the market and the market actually gets tighter because less inventory comes on. Maybe this is the first window in the market that they've seen in years where they can purchase. And maybe you have sellers that need to relocate or sellers that need to sell or sellers that need their equity and you can help them sell. So I think if you try to pivot um, quickly on the fact that it's not just cold calling someone for their business, you can help people right now. Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing to step up your lead gen? Um, I spent an hour this morning calling Fisbos. Uh, we talked about that earlier today. The conversation is if you guys want to sell, it's time to get it on the friggin' MLS, friends. And let's, <laughs> uh, let's stage it. Let's clean it. Let's do all the things that you don't think that you need to do because we're in this amazing market here in Denver. It's it's changing and it's time to get your house ready to get on the market for real, for real this time. So I worked on Fizbo's today for the first time in a long time. Um, I did send an email out to my sphere um, having the conversations about if you guys, there's been several of you that have been on the sidelines about investing rates are good for investment properties right now. Let's get out there. Um, I was, I was able to put a $250,000 condo under contract today for 10,000 under list awesome. covered. I mean, that's unheard of you guys. This is a prime time to get into the market. So, um, I followed up with leads from a couple years ago that just weren't in a position to buy. Um, they're with Tom right now getting pre-qualified. So it just depends on the narrative that you're choosing to share with your clients right now and the way that your business is going to go. Um, Jesse, who I love, just said, I totally disagree. If rainmakers have empowered their team to lead gen, they should double down on coaching and tracking their team's lead generation. You can empower your people even more with this type of market. So first of all, what I said comes straight out of the wise one, Gary Keller's shift book. 
Um, but also I definitely, so Jesse, by the way, is like one of the most incredible human beings on the entire planet. And I have a business crush on him for sure. <laughs> but um, so I, I wasn't saying step back into production, fire your team. That wasn't what I was saying at all. I was just saying um, that there are absentee rainmakers very often who aren't focusing on exactly what you said. They haven't empowered their team to lead generate and they're not tracking that lead generation. So all I was saying was, um, you know, just step back into being more present and making sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, you know, agents, younger agents and agents that are newer to the business and don't have a book of business that is still going on its own, they may start to internally have a freak out and that may cause them to start shopping for other jobs on the side, looking at other teams, thinking about leaving the business. So you just, all I was trying to say was be more present with your people to make sure that the wheels don't come off very quickly so that you don't jump back in and have to be the, um, the business, you know, the, the person that's running the entire thing. Um, thank you, Jesse. Um, I wanted to talk about if you've been through a shift before, um, what that looks like and how you can spend some time going back through and auditing what worked for you during that market and, uh, you know, 10 xing back on things that worked for you then, um, you know, in a, in a shift as a shift happens, the way that leads work and the way that lead generation level levers work will change. Um, and those will, will change. Um, you know, you, you may not be, pulling an ROI out of something that you were the way that you were a month ago, a week ago, a year ago. So you've got to really go back and audit what you were doing back then that you might be able to start instituting again and what you're doing um, right now that's not working. Jesse said, thanks for the shout out. I love you, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you've never been through a shift, um, you need to go through your business now and look at what is working and try to audit what you can get rid of and what you can double down on right now that is working. Um, I know that there's some things that I'll be stopping. Do you guys feel like there are things that you're going to be halting in your business? Or you're just going to move forward with them as is. I'm, I'm going to move forward. I mean, my business is referral, community-based, and then we all know I love to fight a FISBO, so... <laughs> That's going to be interesting, I think. Um, a for sale by owner has been like pretty easy in this market right now. Like you've been able as, as a FISBO to put your property out on the market and sell it. Um, that I don't, you know, that's not going to continue happening as we move forward into a shift. So I think Jess and Kristen, they're the FISBO girls. I, I'm just going to say I've never called a FISBO or an expired ever in my entire life. Um, so that's not my business. And it's okay if that's not your business. But um, you know, those, those FISBOs, they're going to be in a world of hurt real quick, guys. So mm -hmm. I do think that that's a, a good thing. Kristen, are you calling them too? I'm kind of excited to call them an expired. Like I'm kind of, it kind of excites me to call it expired. It's, it's going to be a different talk because expired don't happen nowadays because the market's been so hot. Houses fell. So if this market is changing and we are shifting, that means more expired. Those are my jam. I can't wait. So what are you, what are you going to say to them? So like, this is where the messaging gets so funny because like a week ago you would have called them and said, Hey, I specialize in selling properties that somebody didn't sell the first time around. 
and I can sell your house for more money. What do you say when you can't fall back on, I can sell your house for a billion dollars? What does your messaging go there? I mean, that's where you need to be in touch with the market. That's where you need to be following the market and saying, hey, I seen you were listed at this price, but this is what my team and I do. We sit down and we study the market on a daily basis. And this is what your house is, you know, really worth and what you can get for it. I've sold three houses, one, two, three, four houses this year that were expired from agents last year. It's having the right conversation with them and it's helping them and guiding them in the right direction. It's being blunt with them. Honestly, mm -hmm. the first agent wasn't blunt with them. It didn't tell them the truth. They just wanted the listing. They just wanted to get their name out there. They didn't care about selling their house. And essentially that's what I tell them. Like, look, this is, this is what happened. This is why your house didn't sell. You can list with us and we'll sell it. And all four of those houses have sold. So Carissa is my accountability partner and she actually just commented. So hi, Carissa. So Chris has said in this for six years, meaning in the business, first market shift like this for me, harder still because I like to attend community events and meet face to face with people and they're being canceled left and right right now. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a real thing. So I, I mean, I'm Angela's like, Go ahead, Angela. Like at the yeah, go. I love Carissa. First of all, Carissa, this is an opportunity for you because everybody else is canceling them. Yep. Why don't you have one? Everybody will go because they all want to get out of their house. I was just about to say, why don't you call those people, the people that are in that group with you? Why don't you call them and say, hey, let's go for a drink or hey, let's go get some coffee and get like a little group. And I was just about to say that it's it's going to work out in your favor. Absolutely, because we're going to separate everybody right now. So if all of those groups that they're a part of are not doing anything and you are, well, it just stands to reason that all of a sudden you're going to get real, real busy real fast, right? You're going to be pretty popular. And if you can't do them in person, I think this is a great opportunity for everybody to think about bringing them online. So yeah. if you were an agent that used to host homebuyer seminars, Think about, um, you know, bringing that online. People can sit on the couch and eat popcorn and be in those with you. If you're an agent that used to throw movie events like I used to do, um, think about doing a Netflix event. Think about doing a watch party. I mean, you creativity will help you tremendously in this market right now. So um, the other thing is that you probably have a pretty dang captive audience <laughs> uh, because if everybody really has to quarantine they're all going to be sitting on their couch in their pajamas so figure out how to get those people into some type of event that you can hold online if they're too afraid to go out in public you know a really popular thing for realtors for their client appreciation things tends to be like a movie theater right so why can't you do that at home you can ship popcorn to all of your clients candy to all your clients and then host a video online right you can still do it. You just have to think outside the box. Um, Jesse wants to know, has anyone specifically communicated to their database and mass about this economic situation? And if so, what's the message to enforce your value? So yeah, I have, I know Jess did. Jess, do you want to talk about, um, you sent an email to your sphere today. What did that look like? I mean, the conversation was just, I'm not an economist. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just interpreting what's going on around us. Uh, Right now, the market is saying it's still a good time to sell. And here's all the safeguards that I can put into place for you and the different things I'm doing from a marketing perspective. Um, and if you're a buyer, 
rates are good right now um, and we've increased your buying power with the rates dropping, um, call me, let's have a conversation directly about this. Um, and then obviously I included a lender's contact information and, and a step-by-step -step of what my uh, marketing will look like for listing their property right now. Yeah, so I hit my buyer side and my um, listing, well, my potential seller side. Um, and I know that this sounds really aggressive, but this is something that's very true in sales. Marketing can either go one of two ways, pleasure and pain. And pain is something that people will go out of their way to avoid. Pleasure is something that people will take advantage of if they can, but it's not a necessity. So um, now is the time to hit the pain messaging. And I, I hate to say that, but it's true because this is very powerful right now. So um, on my buy side, I went to my buyers and let them know that this is the biggest window that we've seen personally in many years here in the Denver metro area with both low rates and um, also sellers who are more apt to take an offer faster because they don't want people in their homes versus doing this crap where they sit on the market for two weeks waiting to pull in offers. Um, and, you know, we're seeing like the four of us have been talking, we're seeing for the first time in a while properties selling at list or under because sellers just want this off the books and done because they're very nervous. So my buyer messaging said, take advantage of low rates and essentially seller panic and go out there and buy a house. And my seller messaging said there is volatility in the market. And even before this coronavirus outbreak uh, kind of hit the news, we were heading towards the top of the market and starting to balance already. So now is the time to sell before you start to lose the equity in your property. So what I sent out was very hard hitting messaging because to Kristen's point, um, there's no bullshit right now. I just wouldn't beat around the bush. It's time to tell people what's really happening. Yeah. Angela, have you contacted or Kristen, have you contacted your spheres? I'm doing it individually. I'm reaching out to them by phone. I want to have a conversation with them. Um, when it comes to my sellers, um, which I do have a lot of listings, um, something that I want to make sure of is that I'm alleviating any additional stress. And right now, one of the stressors in, in our marketplace seems to be germs, right? So how can we overcome that? Okay, so I'm going to try to get all the people I can in their house at the same time. And then I'm going to have that cleaned before they come back to it. Again, disinfect it, spray the lice off, fog the thing. I don't know what we have to do, tenant. We're still figuring that out. Um, but I want to make sure that I alleviate and overcome any of those objections that my sellers are going to have. So I have the house cleaned before the open house and I have it cleaned after the open house. Um, because for me as a seller, that's what I would want. And if I can help alleviate that stress in any way, I'm going to do that. So that's an extra step that I'm taking now, um, that I wasn't taking yesterday. So, um, so my cleaner is going to be very, very busy. I hope she's getting some rest today because she's going to be busy for the next week. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that brings up something that I think that we should talk about. I mean, it, you know, so my family is mostly in medicine and obviously not a medical professional, but, you know, the overwhelming advice right now is um, social distancing. So stay out of places where large groups of people are gathering. Um, you know, wash your hands, obviously, um, but, you know, stay away from, they think that this virus can spread about 10 feet um, in the air. So stay away from, being very close to people. Are you guys considering canceling open houses and um, you know canceling things that, are, are you gonna stop going on the presentations? Like how much will that really affect you there? 
So I've told my clients that if they're sick or symptomatic in any way, shape or form from a buyer perspective, that I will not show them properties. I will go to the house for them. I will do a video tour for them. Um, there is zero reason to bring an illness into somebody's personal space if we can avoid it. I think if we all do our teeny small parts in this process, um, this is what we do to help, right? And so my first and foremost thing is I'm not taking buyers into houses that are sick. I don't know. Um, this is one that I haven't decided on yet. And I feel like I'm going to let it shake out a little bit more. But, you know, part of me says, I don't want to be in that close proximity to people that I don't know. And the other part of me is saying, number one, um, if the economy truly changes, I need to work. And number two, um, you know, this, this is an opportunity for me to really put my foot down on the gas pedal of lead generation. And try to take market share while things shift and everybody is panicking around me. So I haven't decided on that yet. Um, I have an open house on Saturday. I think I'm still going. Yeah, I mean, I have an open house this weekend too. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna have another agent sit it on one day and then I'll sit it on Sunday. Um, but I, I don't know that it's gonna change it tremendously. I might, I might hire an agent that's with a showing agent that might start creeping in if I start getting a little freaked out. Oh um, yeah, let them fall on the coronavirus sword. Nice of you. <laughs> Sorry in advance to anyone that interviews for that job. Um, Danielle um, had a really good question just now that I was going to actually um, address before she even asked it. Um, has anyone had any experience with uh, Zoom style listing presentations? And yeah, I, I do. Um, I think that that's a really, really good way for you to set yourself apart, um, for you to contact your your list your seller immediately without having to wait. Um, for a time that works for them. You can do it right now if you wanted to. Um, and it doesn't have to be by Zoom, but I, I do like Zoom. I think it's a good format. Um, but you can also, you know, FaceTime them if you have to, Skype, like use your technology. Um, that might help you get your foot in the door over somebody else is by leading with that technology and keeping them safe, keeping yourself safe, um, at least temporarily until the smoke clears. Um, but Zoom I think, is definitely a great option for that, absolutely. Yeah, um, I I will probably butcher her last name, <laughs> um, but so Ali, I think it's Gettier or Gettier, G-E-T-T-I-E-R. She is in Virginia and she is um, an agent who lists about a hundred plus properties a year without ever stepping foot into those properties physically. Um, so I would say if, you know, all of us have, have kind of played around with zoom presentations on some level, but she's the benchmark for that, that I could think of. So I would say if that's something you're considering, which is really, really smart, reach out to Allie and maybe she would be kind enough to kind of download how her system works because she crushes it and she's never stepped foot in a listing in her career. So this is incredible. Jess, you've done some zoom listing presentations. Yes. Yeah, I have. I mean, they're awesome. So I mean, if that's something you can get comfortable with really quick, you should. Um, I also use, we all know I'm cheap. I use Marco Polo, which is a free app. <laughs> um, and I will use that to go show buyers properties if I need to. Um, so I, that's another great option um, for talking about that. What is that for people that don't know? It's just a video app. Um, it's And again, if we're talking about cutting costs, Marco Polo is a great way to get a free app and you get done and you accomplish what you need to accomplish with your clients. Um, so those are two things and zoom, I think zoom is free for under 30 minutes per phone call. So if you go longer than 30 minutes, it might cost like 10 bucks a month or something, but 
still super reasonable and another value add to your clients. Yeah, I've absolutely, um, I've done them myself and they work um, very well. The other thing that I've, I've been talking to a lot of agents about things they're starting to do are um, downloading their listing presentation into video segments. So start to record yourself and your pieces of your listing presentation so that you can give that out to people for them to consume and watch um, so that your Zoom presentation can be really like a tour around the house and you don't have to give them so much information. That's all there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give some resources to people that want to get a little bit more educated about a shifting market. Um, first of all, you know, the book that I always think of, and I think that everybody thinks of, and of course, I'm a Keller Williams agent, so I'm always going to bring up what I know, but that would be Shift. And that's by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Um, you know, that book is invaluable, and I would get it today on uh, you know Audible or get a copy of the book and start going through it. 10X um, by Grant Cardone is another one that's great. That book talks about 10 time, 10 timesing. That's hard to say. That's why he says 10, 10Xing, 10Xing down on um, you know what you're doing currently in order to bring different and bigger results. And he talks a lot in that book about um, taking market share or taking uh, territory, as he calls it in that book, during a, a shifted or a down market. Um, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz is a book about restructuring your organization to be as profitable as humanly possible. That's a good one. Um, fierce conversation. So this goes back to Justin Nelson's question about how do we do, you know, deal with the sellers that hate us. Um, fierce conversations by Susan Scott's one of my absolute favorites. You should read that a couple times a year, in my opinion. That book will help you get through dealing with the emotional issues that come up during a shifted market with other agents and also with your clients. So that one is awesome. Um, also on the 25th and the time is moving, it's a, a moving target because they're they're looping in um, the entire organization now. But James Shaw, who's one of the MAPS coaches, is doing a live breakdown of the shifts book. Um, last I looked, it was one o'clock Eastern standard time, but um, that's James Shaw. And I would check in with him on his Facebook page to see if they move that time. Um, and then, you know, the last thing that I would say is bold. Um, and it sounds counterintuitive to spend eight to $900 to jump into a class when the market is shifting and we're talking about cutting costs, but Bold was actually invented during a very dramatic market shift, mm -hmm. and it was what people were pulled out of the market shift by. Bold's been revised to include modern day technology. Finally, thank you. Um, but you know, it, bold will get you uncomfortable in the most, you know, in the best way humanly possible, and it will really uh, push you to get in there and lead generate if you're struggling with that. I think inherently, what it comes down to is it's time to work, y'all. I mean, that's right. what. The down to. We have had it super easy the last six to 10 years. Um, we've been living great lives. Leads have come by easy. The market's, you know, been super easy for all of us. Time to work. And that's really what this all comes down to. Yep. Last up because it's going to get crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's all this is. It's just forcing you to work. That's it. Yep. And by doing stuff on video, well, guess what? Everybody was doing video anyway. That's a new thing. So get comfortable with it because now you're having to do it for another reason. 
if you're like us in Colorado and you have school that's going to close for two weeks, you're probably going to have to stay home with your kids um, at least a couple of the days if you have them. You know what you can do during that time? You can download all these books on Audible and listen to them and learn something and start changing your business right away. Yeah, make yeah. phone calls. Kristen, you know, hammer hammer the phone. You guys, seriously, that just hit me like a ton of bricks right there and I had not even considered that. What happens if we are quarantined in our house for two weeks? Everyone else is quarantined in their house for two weeks. Tell me when the last time was that you could guarantee your audience was sitting right there by the freaking phone waiting for you to call. Waiting for your call. Pick up the phone. And if you're afraid to pick up the phone, text, Facebook message. I don't care how you communicate people, but get out there and do it. Um, you know, I, yeah. to me, a shift is bumpy and it's ugly and it's not fun, but good agents who are willing to work hard will survive it and they'll come out the other end thriving. You will come out the other end, a better business owner, a stronger and more skilled real estate agent. And if you're very careful, you'll come out the other end with a bigger business. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's time. It, it's time. You're the playing field will level just because of the number of agents that will leave the market. So this is really your time to get, get your skill set up and, and fight. The yep. other thing that you're going to see when your clients are at home that you can be doing, guess what? You could pop by something. You know they're gonna be there. <laughs> Not by. pop by hand sanitizer though. <laughs> yeah. You just teepee teepee their house with some toilet paper. Right. <laughs> that's like a, I think that's a class three felony at this point. Totally. And I would say. I'm just going to say it. Jess said it earlier, but I'm going to say it, you guys. I would, and actually, Angela, I'd love for you to jump in with what you said earlier about this, but you guys stop sharing the memes. Stop sharing the bullshit. Stop, stop making fun of this. People are panicking. You know, it's, it's what, whatever you feel about it, it's not funny. It's time people. to position ourselves as the professionals and not the jokesters. It's time to start coming from value and it's time to start taking this seriously and your business seriously. If you're posting those memes in a full mop for you and you think that's funny, the only person that thinks that's funny is me. I think it's freaking hilarious that you just killed your entire business and really needed half your client base, probably 75% of your client base because you're an idiot. Like, don't do that. You're gonna, it's just like a political post. All you're gonna do is piss people off. And the only people that are gonna think it's funny are people that don't realize that this is really a serious thing. You're a business owner, you're a business professional, act that way. Don't be stupid. Or I'm going to make fun of you. I think we should get excited about this. I know that sounds crazy to say in the middle of all this panic, but Lindsay and I were talking about this earlier today. And like, it's such a mass opportunity for all of us to reinvent ourselves, double down on what we're doing and really have an opportunity to shine in a shifting market. This is something to be excited about. It's something um, yeah. we should be relishing in right now. And it's something that like, let's go, let's do it. Like, let's take the market back guys and let's show them what good real estate agents do and calm down. You guys get an accountability partner that will help you stay on track. It's very, um, I've, I've worked from home for 19 years. So like I am a master of like the Kardashians and my work at the same time, but there's a <laughs> lot of agents that are not. So to go from an office to your home office, it can be very strange. It is difficult for people to stay on track. So get an accountability partner, who will keep you on track 
somebody that will make sure you're hitting your lead gen numbers and doing what you're supposed to be doing and somebody that will keep you from panicking you guys too and getting really down in the dumps because um, one of the hardest things about real estate in my opinion in general is the isolation that can happen um, because it is a competitive sport and in some places we don't help each other. So just make sure that you're not getting more and more and more isolated because that doesn't end well for anybody. Well, we have our homegirls yeah. Facebook group that I think maybe now it's time to open it up and we can be accountability partners along with you guys and come alongside you guys in this journey and let's get it done. Like, I think this is something to get excited about. I need an accountability partner for people to tell me to stop touching my damn face. Like when somebody tells you not to do something, that's all I want to freaking do right now. Like I've touched my face a thousand damn times. It's an allergy season and my nose has been crazy. Oh. Like I can't touch my face, but I have to touch my face. I can't touch my face, but I have to. It's crazy. <laughs> so what you guys get to is if you're sitting at home or even if you're not, I don't know where you're sitting, um, and you need help or you don't know what to do or you've made your phone calls to your entire sphere, but now you don't know what to do next, post it on our page. We'll help you. If we One of us is going to be free at all times, right? And if we're going to be in our houses for the next two damn weeks, we might get bored too. So let's help each other. So post yeah. something on there. If you need some help, you need some ideas for pop buys, purposeful stuff, I'm going to post whatever I'm going to be doing. Um, I'm happy to share that. We can all do the same thing if you want. I don't care. Um, but ask for help. That's what we're here for. And it's free. <laughs> yeah, I, I am obsessing over the Popeye's idea right now. Like, what can you think of that's inexpensive, but meaningful for people that you could just leave at their doorstep? Don't go inside, leave it at their doorstep, send them a text message. I mean, think about things like coloring books or a board game for their kids. Or I mean, like, you know, anything that can help people get through i mean I, honestly my biggest fear through this whole thing is what the ever living hell i'm gonna do with a nine-year-old at home for three weeks you guys mm -hmm. so what can you do to help with the cabin fever those would make excellent pop i would say i'm an experienced person when i do pop buys i'm dropping off brownie mix the egg coloring kit like that kind of stuff that you can then use to next level it with your business and say hey who made brownies today? What did you add to them? You know, just something that's like a fun, feel good thing. Because if you're eating brownies, you're not going to be pissed off. You're not going to be thinking about touching your face or sanitizing or overanalyzing how much lysol you used in your house today. Like, just do something outside of the box. Like, what about, like, go give people a home Easter egg hunt kit. If yeah. Easter egg hunts get canceled because we can't be out in public, give them something to Easter egg hunt in their front or their backyard or even inside their house. Just, this is the place where you get to shine all those crazy funky ideas that you've had rolling around in your bed head not bed and you're going yeah and you're going I don't know if this is a good idea if anyone will like it this is yeah move forward guys you know where no one's at right now is the freaking dollar store because I was there today because I was bored for like 20 minutes no one's at the dollar store go to the dollar store buy all their plastic eggs and go host a whole bunch of Easter egg hunts for your clients get them out of the house at least let them walk around their yard something just go do something anything you do is better than nothing maybe buy them some air freshener because apparently we're fixated on the poop because everybody's buying the toilet <laughs> get them some poopery i don't know just just come out of um the box and i yeah. think it's a, it's a really fun time to let loose and start thinking about super creative quarantine kits this is absolutely bizarre but really fun so uh logo your masks no i'm just joking no, <laughs> I don't think there's any masks left to logo. 
Maybe uh, you're trying to drop you off a onesie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be wearing one for the next two weeks. So. That's what I'm saying. We'll bring you a homegirl's onesie. Yeah, I mean, stop with the Bath and Body Works hand sanitizer and maybe buy people like armpit deodorant and like wash because we're going to stink after being stuck inside. So anyways, we just, we love you guys and we want to say thank you so much for spending all this time with us on a Thursday night. Um, we're really passionate about our real estate community and making sure that people don't feel alone and, um, you know, that they have positive information going into something like this. So reach out to any of us anytime and we will see you guys soon. Thank you so much. Go change your business. We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.